Okay, first off, this isn't gonna be your typical two, three guys shouting over each other for two hours through a crappy mic type of show. Our format is no format. We're all victims of the ever-shortening attention span, so what we're going to do is talk about whatever comes to mind for as long as it remains interesting or until we get distracted and move on to something else. We could be talking about 80s arcade games, then suddenly start discussing American literature as related to Easy e and the works of Ursula Andress. Free-flowing nerdism, always on tap. No one knows what the next segment will be, but that keeps things interesting. That's enough announcer guy voice for one intro. It's time for the first episode of... 252. Your hosts, Frank G and Ralphie D, and whoever else may be sitting on the couch while we record. So uh, this sounds good. Uh, I can hear you really well. I mean, I got the headphones in, and so I mean, this is just great. <laughs> I've got my 1970s telephone operator headset on, looking good. good. That's what I'm, honestly, that's a good look. That's what my icon looks like in the uh, on the phone. It's that uh, that telephone operator look. So, um, equipment-wise, uh, what are we jacked into? Essentially, we're just going through, you know, the Skype and then through a bunch of virtual cables to be able to get it so that I can hear you and you can hear me and it can all go together you know, into an MP3 or a Wave or whatever I've got going there. Okay. So it's a lot of complicated crap that could be solved in the real world with two patch cords and a tape deck, you know? <laughs> hell yeah like the old school way old school baby yeah, alright so in the computer now okay, they can't do stuff with actual gear so okay. stuff here that uh, is kind of useless at this point I should get rid of it but nobody wants it <laughs> no, no, I mean who would really <laughs> that just remember means something went, else <laughs> so you remember going to look for a drum machine at whatever that little crappy music store was and you're like Six hundred dollars? Oh man, we got like ninety bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, there's no way we could have done the things that I mean we wanted to do, but you know, we we made do with what we had, man. That's what was cool about it. You know, now you that know? thing's worth about ninety bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the six hundred dollar one's worth ninety bucks. Yeah, Hilarious. Yeah, oh man, I mean, and there's like apps where you could do what we were doing back then on your phone, right? I mean, oh, yeah. it's just so much stuff we can basically do with the damn phone. It's crazy. We should be billionaires right now. All right, so let's see. Um, every now and then it'll go in and out. So I'm wondering if it's... <laughs> has. <laughs> <laughs> if it uh, has something to do with my uh, uh, my Wi-Fi connection, so um, maybe I can get closer to where the router is. Yep. So yeah, I'm saw the you know the guy who was the the weak version of Superman a few years ago is now the Adam. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wearing yeah, like an Iron Man suit that gives him superpowers, and none of his superpowers involve shrinking. So I don't know why he has to be the Adam at all. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that doesn't make plan. any sense. Yeah, that makes no sense. Like, we're going to call him Batman, but he's not going to have any bat gear whatsoever, <laughs> and he's just going to like wear Daredevil's uniform. It'll be cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Marvel is basically kicking DC's ass right now with movies and everything. I And I've heard initial reports about... Um, Batman v Superman, the custody battle <laughs> doesn't even sound. <laughs> the uh, fight for Batmite. <laughs> it's like um, they're saying that it's not great, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna hold off on my judgment. <laughs> I'm gonna hold off because I mean the the trailer looked good. I've seen the trailer a few times and it looks good. They're not so secretly making The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, that's what right. they're doing. And they're Basically. trying to adapt it in such a way as to not ruin like Wonder Woman and make her a hooker, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. There's so some really strong gears a little bit. Um, and that's you know, he's now got Dark Knight Three coming out in comic book form. 
know, which was supposed to tie immediately in, but they screwed up the timing and moved the movie around three times. Right. I don't even know if anybody's supposed to know that, but the stuff was supposed to tie together. But, uh, Damn, yeah, it's going to be screwy. They're, they're going to give away part of where the movie's going to go because the book's going to come out anyway. But it's Miller, so the book will probably be late. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that's true. Uh, did you, I mean, the but, Dark Knight Returns 2 was just okay to me. I, I I was trying to get into it. It just wasn't grabbing me like uh, the, the Dark Knight. One? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you read it now, I read it about a year ago. It actually it plays a lot better after a bunch of real life things happened in the middle. So like, okay. Oh, well, maybe he was on to something. You know. Okay. The guy's got you know smoking the Indian pipe and having visions in his apartment or whatever. <laughs> no shit. Now yeah, the whole like the electronic digital president that's not really there, but he's provided by the media to you know keep the the people calm and stuff. It's like well that yeah. could easily happen now. There's you know in Japan they have digital performers that are you know fake people. It's, it's a fake voice and a hologram performing on stage for ten thousand people. Oh my Anything god. Can happen. You That's see crazy. that fake Easy E they had. <laughs> I saw the I saw the fake Tupac. I haven't seen the fake Easy E. Fake Tupac was all right. Right. Fake Easy E looked like somebody took Grady from Sanford and put a real wig and some looks on him. Why is Easy fat and slow? It's like they reanimated the dead version, you know, not the earlier one you'd want to see. Yeah. Oh my God. Somebody That's prop Easy old ass up. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe he's dying. Flip it on the B side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one, right? Because I, I could see them in some old white Jerry Girl wigs <laughs> doing those skits and shit. But um, it's kind of good for him that he died because he would be even worse at this point. <laughs> true that. I mean, I couldn't even imagine because everything after uh, Evil Vorzagen was just not good. <laughs> his his yeah. follow up album. Oh, good. Pale in comparison. Just not as hungry as he was when he first started, you know. Just well, hungry for... Uh, hopefully they showed this in the movie, and it didn't look like they were going to based on the little trailer there. But, uh, uh, you know, Ice Cube recorded all his parts, and then he listened to the tape, you know, like we would, and learn all the parts. And right. then you go in and record, you know, based on what he'd already learned. He didn't know how to set up, you know, any sort of cadence whatsoever. Right. So after he didn't have those guys, you know, he had that gangster Dreister or whatever that dude was, and suddenly he sounded like him, but he sucked. So what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. I mean... You, have, you go from sounding like, like uh, MC Ren, Ice Cube, and the DOC to sound like Gangsta Dresta and the weak guy from Bone Thugs. <laughs> that is just a loss awful. of quality implied in that. <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, doomed to fail. Yuck. That's see. the original DTF. Doomed to fail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is good. And uh, I, I noticed uh, Pat came up on my, um, when I downloaded Skype, he came up on my uh on my thing, so he's got the capabilities as well. Pack so we can. <laughs> now, uh. Kind of, this is sort of like an intro, I suppose. We edit this into something that explains who we are without having to say anything. Because usually people have to go, well, this, I'm, I'm this person and I started doing this back when, you know. And, uh, it's mm -hmm. like, well, you know, nobody gives a shit about that. <laughs> watch and listen to these things and the first episode where they tell you all about that it's like skip 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 I don't care what you're mm -hmm. you know. shut yeah, up and exactly. tell me about what the theme of this program is because that's why I clicked on your link you know thank you that's what I'm talking Luckily, about Luckily, our theme is going to be random <laughs> you know not exact <laughs> the randomness of oh my god in a certain nerd basis <laughs> we can jump around like from you know video games to comics to movies to whatever oh I went to see Mad Max the other day I actually saw it twice it's good it's really good the first time I was blown away the second time I knew uh, you know what was to come but I mean the person I was with she was like hey this is awesome so I was like you know I, I, I enjoyed it and uh, you know that aspect of it the second time I saw Avengers I took my uh, 17 year old and she dug it a lot your, your 17 year old daughter not 17 year old girlfriend right 
Right. I left <laughs> well, I've girlfriend. got one of each, but don't talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> don't ax, don't tell. <laughs> I was just listening to a podcast today about Spider-Man 3, and uh, ugh, still. The one that came out or the one they were about to make and skipped? Yeah. <laughs> the one the one that came out. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, the one with Eric Foreman is Venom. <laughs> Foreman, you're supposed to be playing Spider-Man. Well, no, dumbass. they made me Venom. <laughs> yeah, because you're they a dumbass. Had, uh, they should have had Red as the Sandman. That would have been a better deal. Thank you. Jesus Christ, man. Terrible. But, uh, yeah, Steve, that's crazy, too. That, uh, Go ahead. You know, my theory that... that that Red Foreman, you know, after you know his kids moved out and his wife died, and he moved to Detroit down on his luck, so he fell into this you know criminal ring, <laughs> and eventually changed his name to Clarence Boddicker and fought RoboCop to the death. <laughs> Same just yes. ten years later. <laughs> Thank you, I love that. <laughs> Clarence Boddicker. Get from eighty to eighty-six and age him that little bit there to make that work. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know what? Rewinding a little bit to back to DC, um, I wish they would have tried uh, Kingdom Come. You read that, right? Yeah, that's where they're eventually going to go. They'll have to do the, the build up the entire universe and then destroy the entire universe. You know, the yeah, DC this way. is true. This is true. Both of the you know, DC and Marvel right now are both running universe-destroying events, like 30, 40-issue events, too. It's not even 12 or something like we used to deal with. Right. The, the complete Secret Wars is something like $575 to buy all the issues required to read the whole thing. Like, okay, cool, I'll do that. But uh, it, it sucks, too. It's like, it's, you know, I, you don't really get much out of it. There's not a lot of story. It's a bunch of jumbled nonsense and bullshit, which I guess right. is always comics. But yeah, Doctor Doom is now the god of the Marvel Universe. He has absorbed all of the mini universes and made them one big one, and he controls everybody at the moment. So he's going to decide who gets this. There's going to be a world full of Thors. There's going to be a world full of X-Men because they don't want the X-Men as the, in the real world because they want to screw Fox over with the rights. So X-Men are moving away. Fantastic Four is gone. <laughs> it's like, what? what are you doing? This sucks. Put it all back the way it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, god damn. That, that, um, that First of all, when a book is at issue 800 or 900, you mm -hmm. started over at number one because that's really dumb. <laughs> Seriously, yes. You keep that you're shit. Gonna you're going to get huge sales yeah. with issue 1000 from people that would never buy a book in the first place. You know, like, like they did. Very like, true. Die, die. Yeah, yeah I bought and bought that shit. Yeah, I'm saying. Batman my 500. Bag the other day. <laughs> oh, these are valuable. <laughs> Everyone's got them, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was around that time, too, when... Uh, the baseball cards and everything were just, just saturated the market. I remember that, oh, man. Yeah, I remember those guys that were always on the, you won't believe what's in these packs. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dudes. And a couple of times they had like, this comic was drawn by Tom McFarlane and it's worth $3 million. <laughs> we're selling it to you for nine ninety five. <laughs> Keep it for another hundred years and your great, great, great grandkids will be rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Like one of those big, huge Marvel hardcovers with the entire McFarlane run. It's like issues or something. The book's like 120 bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I have most of those comics, so <laughs> I am all right. <laughs> Let me check something out. I am I guess reading this. Sell a 300 for 200 bucks to buy the book, but that would be stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm reading this. Pat gave this to me uh, on our trip. Marvel Comics, the untold story. And uh, man, it is uh, pretty interesting. A lot of stuff about uh, Stan Lee and how shady he was. Especially in the 80s, early 90s, rap and hip-hop were doing a lot of sampling. Everyone's familiar with the idea that they used to sample a lot of James Brown, a lot of George Clinton, 
you know, a lot of old you know, Led Zeppelin drum riffs, things of that sort. But someone that almost never gets talked about, a group that three-fourths of their album has been turned into classic hip-hop without them having to get involved. There's a group that gets overlooked. You know, so we're going to take a little look at the meters. You know, see half of you are like, who the heck are the meters? Never even heard of them. Well, you have heard of them. You heard of them as part of dozens of your favorite rap songs. Assuming you have favorite rap songs. If you don't, you're probably already getting ready to skip this next chunk because you're going to hear a lot of stuff that appeals to people who like rap songs, right? Rap music. You know what? I'm going to keep calling it rap music as well because there was no difference between rap and hip-hop when I was 12. It was all rap music. Uh, hip-hop obviously is bigger than just the rap music. But at the time, we did not know or care about that. We just wanted to play the damn tapes and go out and shoot some hoops. That being said, let's check out the meters. There's the original song. Here's one rap song that sampled from it. Yo, man, I don't think they heard you. Won't you tell them what your name is? My name is Easy. Yeah, this is true. Keeping your attention is what I'm gonna do. Hardcore, yo, I can never be soft. Acting on my destiny, say the boy goes off. Building up momentum with a touch of my rhyme. Suckers stay away because yo, they know the time. Quiet on the seconds, I'm about to begin. Fairly obvious, but he sped it up a bit. Not exactly well disguised. Let's check out another. Okay, now what song does that bring to mind? <laughs> yeah, it's me again. So check it out. Ladies, not gentlemen, drop your drawers, cop a seat, <laughs> and let's get into this. Yeah. Easily I'm approaching, there ain't no joking. When the pencil holes are open, ready to go until my dish gets raw. Yo, the mother of son-in-law. Yeah, that's two in a row, Dr. Dre. Let's see what else we got here. gonna say anything about that sample. What can you do with a drunken Cool, maxin'. 
Call up the beauty, I'm in the mood for relaxing. Get my phone book from the top of the shelf without six six. Hmm, I better keep it to myself. <laughs> And of course that was used here for Okay, so you begin to see a pattern forming here, right? There's, most of these are pretty clear, you know, straightforward samples of the original piece. The do boy, cause your boss is in charge. Trying to play big money, ain't it sad? Ain't it funny? You're so blind, you can't see that you're really playing dummy. Gucci rags and bronze, shiny grills of chrome. Fronting in a caddy you don't even own. You're soft, and you know that we know it. You try to hide it, but can't help but show it. Now the truths involved for the holes with nice figures. But on the okay, this one's a little bit more disguised. Not particularly well, but a little bit. At least he tried to maybe hide it. Still see how that turned right into He may have worked like a bitch to get the job done, but he still stole that loop from somebody else. Here's one that steals the entire first part of the song. There's a 25 second sample before it cuts away from the original piece. 25 seconds. That's a lot. Here's one that was used for a chunk of a much longer song.
think you're getting the idea here. Let's do one more of these. So you can see what I'm saying here. A lot of people have sampled the meters. What's even more amazing is most of the songs that we've listened to here, the, the original versions, are all on the same album from 1970. You know, they're not spread out over an entire 20-year you know, career. There's you know, 12 songs on the meters album, and probably eight or nine of them have been turned into big hits. I would like, uh, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Strange journey through the history of video game music. Alright, in the early days when we started out playing things like Atari, ColecoVision, Intellivision, Pong, whatever we had back then, there wasn't a lot of music in the video games. It was sound effects, noises, buzzes, whatever. There wasn't a lot of computery music going on. They didn't have the, the technology to do it yet. You know, if you wanted a synthesizer in 1982, it was going to cost four to $5,000 for something that would sound decent. They weren't going to put that chip inside of a $200 home console. Some of those games back then did have a little bit of music. E.T. played you know, the first eight notes of the E.T. theme song or something at the beginning. and. Uh, Wow, actually, to think of it, I have to think for a few minutes to come up with more Atari games that had music, but I'm sure there were little bits here and there. I really remember more about effects from those than music. Same thing with anything of that era. There was not, you know, they didn't have the synth chips in there. The Intellivision had a better sound chip. It could do some cool things, but it didn't really play any music. Later on, towards the end of the systems, 83, 84, they were starting to do a little bit more. But for the most part, the, the, during the glory days of the systems, they were just making annoying noises that pissed our parents off. There weren't really any catchy tunes that would get stuck in your head. Video game music as we know it now was born from arcade machines and didn't really make it into the homes until the 8-bit consoles arrived. 85, 86, everyone remembers Nintendo, and that'll be the main thing we wind up talking about. You know, that's what everyone remembers playing. But let's focus on the Sega for a second. Sega Master System was available in stores when the Nintendo was sold out everywhere. There was no picking up a Nintendo at Christmas 85. Well, it might have still been test marketed at that point. They might not have even been available, but they were in the catalog and we used to camp out at Penny's waiting for someone to put one on the shelf so we could grab it. It never happened. You know, we used to wind up going upstairs to Macy's. You know, Macy's, that's a fun place to go when you're 11, right? 
Macy's in the Solano Mall and upstairs in the you know electronics section, which was you know a, a rich lady looking at a bunch of kids playing with keyboards and drum machines and you know making bark and fart noises with the samplers. But behind the little plexiglass window they had in the center of the room in a really sort of like almost like a jewelry display, but it was this video game. So of course we had to check that out because we already spent all the quarters down at the arcade, so it's time to play some free video games. So we checked this thing out and it's got you know hang on as if probably the demo. Might have been Safari Hunt if they had the light gun plugged in. They had some 3D glasses, you know, that did weren't hooked up, so we never did get to test those. It was pretty cool when we'd start up Hang On, you would hear that it was you know, fairly close to the arcade machine. You didn't have a gigantic simulated motorcycle to hop on and ride while you played it, but it sounded pretty close to what you would hear if you were putting quarter in or 50 cents at that time sometimes, if you played the actual machine. So Sega had put a better chip in their machine. That Christmas I had my you know, 150 or whatever, $200, and there were no Nintendos. So we wound up right back there at that Macy's, where I also did not spend money because they wanted way too much for everything. Where did we wind up? I bet you it was Kmart when we wound up buying the Sega at Kmart. Almost certainly, and I think we might have even walked home carrying it. Not positive, but probably, because we walked a lot back then. You know. Yet I was still completely fat, so go figure. So I got the Sega, and it came with the Hang On and Safari Hunt. I also picked up a Sega card. It looked almost like a credit card. or a, you know, It was like the part you would pull out of a cartridge and stick in when the shell broke. It was basically a, a cartridge without a plastic case around it. You know, it was a smaller game, but they were you know, it was kind of a novelty. They were pretty cool. It looked like a Turbo Graphics cartridge, the little wafer card thing. So that thing we didn't expect to be any good at all. A $10, $15 game when everything else was 35 or 40 But, you know, it was something to do, so we'll buy this. And, uh, brought that thing home, and the, uh, the cheap, cheesy game actually had, was a lot of fun, but more importantly than that, it had one of the catchiest tunes you've ever heard. You know, maybe it's just because we listened to it for hours on end for about six months. But uh, I can still totally hum the entire theme for, uh, for Ghost House, you know, from the beginning of the level to the end. I also had picked up Shinobi and Pro Wrestling. But Shinobi had, again, the arcade quality sound. It wasn't 100% accurate, but it was so close that we thought it was amazing compared to what we were used to. You know, Nintendo wasn't really quite out yet. I mean, we'd played with it in the demo machine, and if you were playing Super Mario on there, you could tell that, you know, without a doubt, the, you know, the sound and the graphics on the Nintendo were you know, 100% the same as the arcade version of Super Mario Brothers, which they had just pulled out of the Safeway for Double Dribble. You know, I played plenty of Super Mario with quarters, and it, you know, while the levels were different, you know, the look and the sound and the feel was 100% you know, arcade accurate when they came out with the NES. But the sound chip in that thing, you know, as well-known and well-loved as it is, it's not quite as good as the chip in the Sega. But it really doesn't make any difference because the Sega only had, what, 50 or 60 games that anybody ever played. You know, no one has the memories. There's probably 20 games on the Sega that have you know, soundtracks that are memorable. You, know, you go over to the Nintendo, you know, while there's like 900 cartridges to choose from, there's probably at least 150 killer soundtracks on there. That is what influenced the people who are making the video game soundtracks of today. You know, those people are maybe 10 to 15 in the Nintendo era, say 85 to 90, something like that. And now they're in their late 30s, early 40s, and they're working for the companies, you know, making the sounds for the games that they love because of these games that they played when they were kids, and it gave them that love, that passion for music and being creative. Okay, let's check out a few examples. Over on the Sega, let's move on to Shinobi. 
First we'll listen to the Sega version, and then we'll check out a clip from the actual arcade game. See how close those are? I mean, for 1986, that's pretty impressive. Here, let's check out a bit of Double Dragon. In this one, we can listen to the Sega, the arcade version, and the Nintendo, and compare all three. See, the Sega sounds more like the arcade version, but the Nintendo version is the one that everyone really remembers. You know, personally, I always thought that Nintendo's version of Double Dragon was better than the arcade. It moves that powered up rather than having to figure out how to hit them all at once. You know, it had a slightly different game mechanic going on. I know that Pat prefers the arcade version, and he bought his Sega Master System just so he could play the arcade version of Double Dragon at home because he did not like the Nintendo version. But, fuck you, Pat, because I'm telling you right now, the Nintendo version was the one that everybody loved, and that's the end of that story. But the graphics and the gameplay weren't really the important thing here. They're talking again about the memory that that music and that sound brings up. You know, people remember sitting there on the couch or on the floor playing that Nintendo version you had to be a little bit older to be out there in the arcades throwing quarters into that. Not to mention the fact that if you put your quarter on the machine and one of the bigger kids came up, half the time they wouldn't get out of the way and let you take your turn. They'd just steal your quarter and leave you standing there like an idiot. So, fuck the arcade. We're talking about the Nintendo version. Ladies and gentlemen, Glass Joe! Before we wrap this up, let's hear a few more of those classic Nintendo themes. If you had a Nintendo when you were a kid, you certainly remember each one of these. such classics as There's more! 
You'll also get... It looks like it's probably going to be cool, yeah. They have not, yeah. and they will not seem to, uh, they don't want to tell you who the previous Doctor Who is playing in that movie, Matt Smith. It's like, well, they're being mm. so secret about it, and being that the Terminator movies are what they are, I really, really hope he just shows up at the end as fucking Doctor Who and just takes the, and solves <laughs> the entire Terminator problem. He's like, look, I know. I know how to solve this in an instant. I've seen all your stupid movies. And he just, like, fixes stuff and takes people away in his TARDIS, and then the movies are Everybody done. Everybody in the TARDIS, yeah. <laughs> and then Bill and Ted show up, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. Schwarzenegger says, get to the chopper. He says, get to the TARDIS. <laughs> See, they and could then, start uh, an entire new series of movies. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, Bill and Ted, you know. They get, you know that part three's coming out soon? Yeah, you know yeah, Bill and Ted in the I Matrix. Did, I, I didn't. Yeah, there, yeah. I didn't appreciate part two as much as. Um, I mean, I remember liking it when I went to see it. Uh, what was that? 1990, 91 when it came out. I liked yeah. it, but then revisiting it, it's like. It's a perfect time travel movie. It's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The whole thing with that one was. Their whole idea there, where they the with the school report thing at the end, where they were pretty much hitting on subjects that they knew high school people would be familiar with. That was the same summer as uh, as Batman too, because the the uh, the commercial was. I have a recording of the Bill and Ted commercial next to the Batman 89. commercial. Yeah. Eighty nine. Yeah. Eighty nine. Shit. Holy mackerel! God damn it, we're old, man. Yeah, the second one was ninety one though. So yeah. Yeah, second one was 91. Oh, my God. You have sank my battleship. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, who, who played Death? I can't think of his name right now. William Sadler. William Sadler, there you go. He's In always played movies that trespass, a.k.a. looters. <laughs> he was, uh, he was the bad guy in Die Hard 2. That's right, yeah. Yeah. The, the the weakest diehard of the original batch. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. In my mind, there's only uh, three. So yeah, out of the three, I I I, I put three up there with one <laughs> because it's so quotable. God damn it, Samuel L. Jackson made it so right. quotable. <laughs> <laughs> he always but, does. Uh, That's one. his thing. True. Very true. That's what they hire. Oh, That's the only reason they made that Snakes on a Plane movie. Oh, yeah. Like, Just he's got a catchphrase, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it when movies are made after a catchphrase or something like that is born, you know. Yeah. This is it. Here we go. <laughs> now, um, now, if only he would have said motherfucker in Avengers. I mean, come on. Missing a perfect you know, opportunity. The, it's got to be somewhere on film. You know, we did. They just they haven't put it in a the movie. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I guarantee. The there's blue, also the blue there's also should be a shot of uh, in uh, Revenge of the Sith where he's going out the window. He goes, motherfucker! <laughs> you know, as he's <laughs> lightsaber right, in hand. Nerds on that. 
Because they said he's not dead, you know, he, he, they didn't actually kill him, he just went flying out the window and somehow magically saved himself, perhaps. So, you know he would have been screaming that all the way down while he landed. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. No. I and hopefully when face. he landed, he reached into his, into his cloak and pulled out the Jerry Curl wig from Pulp Fiction and put that on, too. <laughs> Though what we don't need is, like, you know, Jedi Travolta, that would be bad. He'd be fucking oh, dancing everywhere. Yeah, especially Travolta now is just creepy. Poor guy. Oh, he likes to like, try and kiss all the ladies and shit, and they're like, okay, you creepy bastard. <laughs> I, I didn't do this to be Barbarino on like, the show my dad watches. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, so uh, <sighs> we're so old, man. I, I think I remember <laughs> watching that first run. <laughs> Was that uh, I think we might have we might have just missed it, but we might have seen the last year live, yeah. Possibly the yeah, last year, like God. when they had that f that fake Ted McGinley fake sweat hog up in there. Oh man, <laughs> I almost lost it. It must have been about seventy nine <laughs> because then it was like after Grease and stuff when he was huge and had to quit being on Mr. Cotter. Right. Yep. Yep. I feel the worst for. Uh, what the what the hell was the teacher's name, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cotter? What was his real name? God oh, damn it! Gabe Kaplan. Yeah, Gabe he plays, Kaplan. Uh, he's like a what one of those World it? World Series of Poker dudes now. He he pokers his ass what? off and gets paid. Yeah, he's huge. He Go got like Gabe. giant king size, but he still looks. He just looks like Fat Cotter. Fat oh, bald Cotter. Oh, Gabe, I love it. Yeah, he's I still, you know, he sounds exactly the same. He still tells the same jokes, you know. Good. All right. Glad to hear that. <laughs> My kid watched that whole series uh, last summer, I think. He likes it. Oh, but man, he's weird. Cool. Bring him back he to also classes, watched man. Now, see, here's the other thing. I got the box set of Full House for, like, 40 bucks or something. So, all right, cool. It's, like, eight seasons of crap. So that keeps him entertained for a while. Yeah. So he watches the entire series of Full House over a summer. And at the end, he's like, that was really good. I like that. I hope they make more of those. And I'm like, dude, it was like 20 years ago. There's no fucking way they're going to make more of those. Now, what are they doing? <laughs> they're making more of them. I said, the only reason that happened is because you wished for it really hard. <laughs> that's, wow. That's, uh, man, now that's going to mess him up a little bit. But tell him yeah. while he's wishing for things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you now it. have the power. <laughs> yeah, the Olsen twins aren't going to be in that. That's okay. How have rude. you seen them? They they look nasty anyway. Well, um, you know. Their, their little true. sister who who wasn't, you know, a baby in Hollywood, she still looks pretty hot, though. The two Michelles, they look like they, you know, the scarecrow. They haven't eaten in about six years. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, let's do a GoFundMe to get them a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think they would eat it. They would just look at you like you're an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah most people do. <laughs> yeah, well, there oh, you go. Man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't See, the know one, the one was like into heavy metal and drugs for a while. It looked like she was going to maybe become cool at least, but now now she just turned back in like the family sister thing where they're two twin weirdos that sort of look like E.T. meets Ann Coulter. Seriously, that is not a good look either. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my God. Hey, and Ann Coulter, do you know who, uh, I think she's either married to J.J. or they have been together for a long time. <laughs> Oh yeah, JJ Jimmy JJ Walker. Yes, really? <laughs> no, I didn't I'm know that. Pretty, I'm uh, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, uh, damn, 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 James. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that was some real drama on that show. I can appreciate that uh, a lot of old shows are being picked up by uh, other outlets. It's really, really helping things out with my entertainment shit. But it's at the same time, it's fucking me up because there's too much stuff out there. Too much. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to watch it all. I can't watch it all. Uh, the, yeah, everybody there's no in time. Everybody in the crew is in the Game of Thrones. I've never watched an episode. Yeah, I've never seen that either. I know a lot of people that do. But uh, I've heard enough of, like, I've heard the story and stuff, and I've seen clips, and I go, I don't, you know, like, 
that doesn't right. interest me all that much anyway. You know, it's like same here. Yeah, I like that stuff a little bit, but the whole fantasy thing. You know, I'll play D and D for twelve hours, but I don't want to watch a movie. And I haven't seen Lord of the Rings at all. I keep falling me asleep. Me neither. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Same here. Like they're walking. Yeah, it's like yeah. they say in Clerks too. He walks for three fucking hours straight. I fast forwarded <laughs> through the movie and never changed. And I turned it off. <laughs> I said, well, watch the other two. I said, well, why would I watch those if the first one sucked, (laughs) you know? And now there's three more. However many hobbits. All it is is a a CGI fest. That's all it is, too. I've seen some battle scenes that look badass, but it's like, I don't know where they are in the middle of that sea of film. (laughs) Right. And uh, I don't know. I just don't see myself getting invested in those characters. I never yeah, read well, the books. The, so. the, the thing with that, too, is like, yeah, it's like all those modern fantasy books, you know, the ones that aren't written for D&D stuff still are, you know, pretty much softcore porn, you know, which is cool. I don't have anything against that, but I might as well just watch that if I'm going to do that, you know. Thank you. So like if you're getting you. turned on by this, you might want to reevaluate some things, you know. Yeah, right. And I can compartmentalize my porn, you know. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, like there's, a, there's a software bullshit. Time and a place for everything. If we were 13, we'd have been trying to watch that show because titties, but we don't oh, need sure. that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And even Boy, the 13-year-olds don't need it now because they're everywhere. You know. I'm saying Any, I can't go a day without seeing titties. I mean, back when I was, uh, you know, younger. I'd without even, yeah, without trying. Yeah, I know what you mean. I Accidentally seeing titties. One of these days, when one kid will tell my kid that you can type boobs into the internet and they'll pop up, and then I'll have to put blockers on. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You know, but that's how easy that's it is now. He's he's got Google and a computer in his room. All I got to do is put the two together. I'm saying, God damn, they got it so easy, man. Unbelievable. And not only can you get any porn you want, but you could get any porn that we had. You could probably find the specific oh, things. Yeah. You know. <laughs> It's all yeah, out the there somewhere. Things that we watched. Yeah, it's crazy. And you can find all the porn you don't want. <laughs> oh, I was working for Google, reviewing pages for like almost two years, and yeah, there was plenty uh-huh. of porn I I didn't want. You know, because the be like, uh-huh. are you are you over eighteen and uh, do you mind you know offensive co- content? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's good. I'll I'll do it. So they give you, like, all the pages that other people have rejected looking at. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, oh, dude, I don't need to know this even exists, but there it is. <laughs> there is some stuff. Wow. I can't even explain to you what it was because I'm still not sure. Like, But somebody was paying money to jerk off to it, so there you go. Oh, God. What a world. <laughs> what has been like seen cannot like, be unseen. Like, uh... They're like somehow like if Clive Barker made porno, I'm like I don't know what's going on here. Dude. Oh Frightening. God. I just marked that mature content and moved on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh my God! Speaking of Clive Barker, what did I watch? Was that in the Mouth of Madness? Was that him? Uh, probably. I I- Whatever it was, it was better than that bullshit Poltergeist movie I watched. <laughs> oh, it was awful. So bad. And this is why I believe everything Rotten Tomatoes says, okay? It was like a 30-something percent, but still want to see it. Yeah. (laughs) If you never saw the other one, it wasn't... It wasn't terrible as far as movies themselves go, except for, you know, there needs to be a a DVD or Blu-ray cut that has the 30 missing minutes of movie. It's like all of a sudden, like, people show up to help, and then the movie's over. (laughs) Like, yeah, where's all seriously. the middle stuff? Where's the build-up stuff where, like, the chairs were moving around and, you know, the bird dying? There was no build-up. There was no resolution. Yeah, there no. was just stuff and then over. Seriously. And, and, uh, uh, like, when the brother is the best part of the movie, you did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be the medium who was bringing uh, Carol Ann back. That's what I remember. Oh, yeah, and God. then... And then since uh, it's out and people can, if this goes on the air or not, well, spoiler warnings, beware. But, you know, when the fucking rope broke and they still fell out mm-hmm. through the yeah, hole. they still like, fell out. I was like, oh, come on. 
That's so good. No like, drama. That's the part where you should send the mom in to do that part that was missing from the movie. You know? yeah, that mom the didn't do shit. With, she was, uh, she was uh, you know, worried about who was going to die. I was like, you know what? This movie's rated PG-13. No one's going to die. <laughs> no one. Yeah. <laughs> I like scary, suspenseful movies, and I'm just waiting for that one to come out again. Like uh, Sinister, that was well done to me. That was suspenseful, um, and it was, you know, I, I don't want to say frightening, but it was like, you know, creepy as hell. Really well done. And uh, I'm just waiting for that type to come out again. It seems like in Sinister 2 that they're just going for more, bigger, Batter, you know what I mean. Instead of um, just keeping the the small creepiness of it intact. A lot of the problem to me is that uh, you know they're trying to do everything with the computer and nothing is real anymore. Uh-huh. So the digital effects aren't quite as scary a lot of the times. You know, as Very the stuff true. they could do with real effects. Yeah, I even yeah. like the. I didn't even finish watching that last Nightmare on Elm Street remake because it was so crappy. But the Friday the 13th, I made it through. And it's like, well, this is cool, but you can tell that's not a practical effect. And they just CG'd that somewhere. Okay. I I may check that one out, but I I didn't even give the uh, new Nightmare on Elm Street a chance. Because I... Come on, it, no. It really <laughs> sucks. Not Freddy. You can't redo Freddy. Come on. Iconic. Jesus Christ. And uh, and uh, the actor that played him, uh, I dig him a lot. You know, he's a good, great actor. But just oh, that yeah, makeup yeah. was convincing. Well, it, it did look like a burnt person. It just didn't look like Freddy. Because <laughs> you know? he wasn't yeah, realistic looking to begin with. Right. Uh, it looked more like Deadpool, you know. <laughs> so that works. <laughs> but yeah, I watched like the the opening scene, and immediately I went, "This is bullshit," and I turned it off. You know, that happens a lot with me. So, what's our sign off gonna be? Uh, I don't know. What sounds good to you? Is this the segment where we get blown? <laughs> <laughs> and um. coming next week, the segment where we get blown. For all the uh, folks out in Fairfield, this is Ralphie D signing off. Retro Nerds 252. Ask somebody. Word. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Word. Well, that's it for this edition of 252. Join us next week when our topics will include, well, who knows? You'll have to tune in to find out. Check us out on the web at RetroNerds252.com, where you'll find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, email, and more. Send questions, comments, and suggestions via your favorite social media app or by emailing us at RetroNerds252 at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Frank G. for RetroNerds252. Salutations. Today I feel a sense of urgency as I speak to you for Devo Incorporated. There is a direct connection between Devo's work in the music field and a big wiggly world around us. You may not be aware of this, but we are in the middle of World War III. It is not nuclear bombs that we must fear. The weapon is the human mind or lack of it on this planet. That will determine our fate. Capital punishment for airline passengers who attempt to save money. Spudmen in gas lines who forgot that guns don't argue. And tourists attempting to catch some rays at Three Mile Island add up to a major attack of corkscrews in the brain. We must fight back. We must know what we want. We must want what we need. And what we need is duty now for the future. Ah, uh, uh, Donner, pull yourself together.